Hi there, and welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. My name is Alyssa, and for our December learning segment, I'm going to be sharing an article titled Group Music Therapy Impacts Mood States of Adolescents in a Psychiatric Hospital Setting by authors Jonah Schumann et al. I chose this topic and article because we here at Giving Song are in a season of continuing education about providing mental health services to our community. This is a growing um, area of need, especially coming out of the COVID pandemic, and um, a lot of um, mental health care services are seeing a great influx in um, referrals and in need. So I thought that sharing some empirical evidence would be beneficial in order to help us advocate for the expansion of music therapy services in mental health care. That being said, based on the nature and location of this research study, some of the language in this article could be triggering or activating for some. Please use your best judgment and skip, stop, or pause if you need to. With that, let's get into it. So this study sought to understand how music therapy altered mood states for adolescents participating in group services, as well as the effect that demographics had on mood alteration or not during the music therapy treatment. The study was conducted at a large pediatric psychiatric hospital and included over 350 participants aged 12 to 21 in three different units of the hospital. The introduction to the article cites several medical-based studies on music therapy. The first study showing that music therapy significantly reduced anxiety in surgical patients. Secondly, the article cites multiple studies showing that music therapy was highly effective at increasing improvements made in physical therapy treatment. And the same was true for brain injury patients in occupational and speech therapy. Additionally, the study cited... Uh, research that showed that for cardiac rehabilitation patients, music therapy served as a distraction and a calming tool. The literature review further noted that multiple studies found music therapy to be an effective treatment in psychiatric care of adults by increasing their socialization, motivation, and ability to calm themselves while in a psychiatric residential facility. The authors also cited data that shows that um, music therapy can have a positive effect on depression symptoms in adolescents. The author also notes that studying music therapy in psychiatric care can be difficult because patients are undergoing such intense um, multidisciplinary treatment that determining success in certain domains can be almost or totally impossible. However, due to the large body of research and many related settings and populations, the additive benefits of music therapy to psychiatric teams is really beyond reasonable to assume at this point. One further question that this study sought to address was how music therapy results may differ based on participant diagnosis and level of need. The general goal that they decided to address within these treatments was mood modulation. This can be um, a really important component for patient experience and um, improvement and healing. Many patients in psychiatric care experience 
intense emotions such as anger, sadness, anxiety, etc. While other patients may experience being cut off from their emotions, so preventing emotional processing in their recovery journey. The article notes that emotion regulation is a vital developmental skill for anyone, but especially adolescents in this population and particularly in this setting. So during the study, the researchers administered the FAST assessment of children's emotions, or the FACE scale, pre- and post-music therapy sessions. Due to the temporary nature of participant stays, the data was collected over three years. So those 350 participants were surveys collected over the span of three years. Each music therapy session lasted approximately 60 to 90 minutes and was conducted um, in three different units of the um, psychiatric hospital. So there was a psychiatric day treatment, or PDT, adolescent psychiatric inpatient unit, or APU, and the eating disorders unit, the EDU. Participant demographics were primarily white, non-Hispanic females due to higher female uh, patient population in the EDU. The study did include males and the adolescents reported as white, Hispanic, Asian, Black, and multiple races. Now, in terms of participant diagnoses, I'm going to read them to you listed in the order of most prevalent in the study to the least prevalent reported within the study. So the um, patients reported their diagnoses as anxiety disorders, attention and behavior disorders, eating disorder, mood disorder, psychotic disorder, self-harm, non-psychological, and other psychological. So the music therapy treatment goals for each of the units were different, as would be appropriate in any real-life music therapy setting. So in the APU, these teens were in acute psychiatric distress and often displayed um, recent suicide attempts and or self-harm, acute anxiety symptoms, acute psychotic processes, personality disorders, and social adaptation issues that have serious psychosocial effects. The average length of stay for these patients was typically about seven days. And a common intervention within this unit included letting the participants choose a song for the group to listen to while the music therapist facilitated developing this song into a coping mechanism, helping the group practice making validating comments to each other, or possibly discussing shared themes among the patients. Part of the reason for um, the limited intervention ability within this unit is that in these acute inpatient settings, um, the facilities often have very stringent regulations on what can be brought into the session. So um, instruments may or may not be possible at all. And um, different, um, different intervention tools such as paper or pencils may or may not be allowed. And so um, the types of music participation may be really limited but a music therapist is able to take even music listening and turn it into um, a therapy session. And I'm using those counseling skills and using the music really as a tool to develop um, group cohesion or regulation or giving them something to take away from the session that they can use when they leave the unit. So for the outpatient unit, the PDT, 
These patients are similar to the inpatient unit, however less acute in the presentation of their symptoms. So during this phase of treatment, the teens or adolescents were often working on gaining perspective on their illness, their life, and other challenges that they're experiencing. This unit allowed for more uniformed programming, including group drumming for group cohesion, self-expression, and calm attention through rhythm entrainment. So within the EDU, this unit often required a variety of different patient goals, um, such as, quote, refeeding, increasing parental control over meals, and patients' intrapsychic process of disidentifying from their eating disordered voice, end quote. The therapist's priority with this group was to create a safe place for self-expression with structure to allow the patients to articulate their perspectives. Music improvisation was a common intervention in this group for the purpose of exploring relational dynamics, nonverbal communication, and discovering new ways of interacting with others. So the results of this study, based on the responses that the researchers gathered from the participants over those three years, um, found that first, demographically, mood disorders and eating disorders were the most prevalent in the music therapy treatment. Of the individual mood items tested, um, energy and fatigue actually saw the greatest change pre and post session for the participants. The demographic factors such as age, length of stay, gender, and unit did not prove to be significant predictors of change of the mood factors within the music therapy session. So the results kind of confirmed the hypothesis of the researchers and further confirmed that music therapy was effective at um, movement through mood states for these clients in acute settings in psychiatric care. But why does this matter ultimately? Why does this type of research? Because it doesn't necessarily seem groundbreaking or earth shattering, um, just based on a lot of the other research that we cited at the beginning in that. Um, we know if we're familiar with the research within music therapy. However, um, the ability of affecting movement through mood states for acute clients in psychiatric settings has significant ramifications for inpatient treatment and outpatient treatment, really all of those units that we listed. Music therapy was shown to have significant effect on self-reported mood states among participants. This matters because, like we said, emotion regulation is a basic fundamental um, skill. It's really a survival skill. And beyond survival, it's, it's a skill that you need to um, thrive. And so for these patients in these settings who are not able to do that, to find a, um, a therapy method and a treatment method that is non-pharmacological that allows them to gain those skills within inpatient and um, intensive outpatient units is huge for them because that is not a skill that they are going to learn <laughs> through their medication. Um, that's not a skill that they have coming into the unit. And so if that is a skill that they're able to take leaving the unit, then they're going to be able to make um some progress and and move through emotional processing because they now can 
um, are learning how to safely access and safely move between mood states. Um, Now, this is not, I'm not saying that this is like a magical thing, um, because obviously patients within this setting have um, oftentimes um, a long recovery journey or a long therapy journey ahead of them, or maybe they're in the midst of that. But music therapy can be a really unique tool that they can add to their toolbox. They can take it with them. And the tools that they are given to use their preferred music can be really valuable in adding to and helping enhance the progress that they're going to make by getting these services already. Also, music therapy is a service that they can seek out outside of um, these inpatient settings. So there can be potential for follow-up for them and continued progress in addition to um, the multidisciplinary approach that they hopefully are going to be receiving once they leave the hospital. A couple limitations of this study that are worth noting are that there was no control group based on the type of setting. They obviously cannot withhold music therapy services from clients or patients within a hospital setting to have a control group. And the responses were self-reported, which did limit them to client self-awareness and um, participation and cooperation within the music therapy setting. So there is um, quite a good deal of subjectivity there. However, when they are doing that and we are seeing a positive change from the music therapy session, that is a positive indicator that it was engaging, it was impactful, and in some way, it affected how they perceived their mood. If you feel that your mood has improved or your energy or your fatigue has been positively impacted by music therapy, that's not something that can be discredited by an objective party. That is subjective data. And so that is valuable data because these patients are reporting that music therapy made them feel better. It made them feel energized or it made them feel tired because they were able to express the emotions that they were struggling to um, f- to feel or to get out or to put into words. Um, and so those are positive indications that within inpatient, these inpatient units, music therapy can provide a service that they are not receiving in other ways and can improve their mood in ways that maybe would not happen otherwise. One other thing worth noting was that um, because one of the research questions was specifically about the demographics of the um, patients and their reported symptoms, but the results of the study did indicate that the interventions were equally effective across demographic groups of adolescents with acute psychiatric symptoms. So those, um, whether it was length of stay, gender, diagnosis, etc., those things were not limiting factors to the positive reports for music therapy, which is also very valuable information and just continues to um, affirm the benefits of music therapy within an acute psychiatric setting. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there. And I know that this was a little bit of a shorter episode and um, maybe more of a bite-sized learning moment, but I hope that you found this interesting and um, can just continue to add to the library in your mind of research that forms the basis of our evidence-based music therapy practice. 
especially if you work in a psychiatric facility or you are um, looking at developing a program or you simply work with um, mental health clients in your community. Some of the interventions listed are, are interventions that you can take and you may be doing or you may think, oh, I, I didn't think of that. Um, but here we have the evidence to affirm that those interventions are effective. And so I hope that you can take this knowledge with you and add it to your advocacy toolbox as well. You can find all the show notes and resources at musictherapyandbeyond.com. Reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook so that you are up to date on all of our exciting resources and announcements, which leads me to something that I want to throw in here. I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to give anything away, but I do want to pique your interest to keep your eyes and ears open because we here at Music Therapy and Beyond are cooking up some really exciting announcements that are going to be dropping at the end of 2021. Looking ahead to 2022, we are doing some big, big things. And we feel very confidently that you all who are our faithful listeners and maybe even those who are not yet are going to be very excited for what we have coming down the pike. I am so stoked. Our team is fired up. We're firing on all cylinders. We're super excited um, to hit the ground running in January of 2022. So if you thought that This was an exciting year for the podcast, and it has been. We have seen growth. We have seen um, our community growing, and we are just investing so much into making sure that this continues to happen. So stay tuned. Um, And that's all I'm going to say for now because I'm really bad at keeping secrets. So I'm going to stop right there. But stay tuned. Make sure you're following us on all the socials and um, keeping up to date on everything that's coming out. Thank you for following us. And we will see you next week for our clinical segment. Kristen is going to be bringing you that content and you don't want to miss it. I know that. So thank you for the work that you do and in all of the places that you do it. We'll see you next time.